Welcome to a Heritage Christian Centre podcast. For more information, visit www.heritagecc.com.au. We hope this message blesses your life. Welcome, church family. So good to catch up with you again. We've got some great news regarding starting face-to-face gatherings of church again. Uh, It's planned and likely that stage three of the COVID plan from the government will be announced on July 10. And if so, we'll plan to start our main centre services on the 19th of July. There'll be some changes in that there will be two services in the morning, one at 9am, the other at 11am. There'll be one hour long with an hour break between them, allowing people to exit the building, allowing us to clean the building and then allowing people to enter the building ready to start the next meeting at 11 o'clock. Both services have children's ministry available, which is exciting, Um, but we do have limited numbers uh, in regard to the four square metre rule that the government requires of us. So in the main auditorium, we can only have 135 people. In the Genesis building for our, our two younger children's programs, it's only 39. And in the Alpha room, it's 27. And so in that way, we do need our two services for children's program to fit all our kids in. Um, and uh, hoping we can uh, randomly, as we come and choose a meeting to come to, work out the numbers pretty good. Uh, Please understand though that once we reach capacity, uh, we're not allowed by law to let any more in the facility. So so that's a challenge. It's not our choice. It's uh, the regulations from the health department. And uh, But we'll, we'll still do that. We'll still do our services online as we currently do. Um, but if you're also unwell in any way, please stay at home. We'll still have the online services. And if you, if you can't watch online, you can actually ask for a DVD or CD and, and we'll get them to you. We currently do that to a number of our folk who don't have internet. And so we're happy to do that. Also, connect groups are up and running as well. And if you're not in one and you'd like to be, please contact the church office and we'll do everything we can to enable you to connect with other believers. So good news uh, underway. So only just a month out and we'll be able to gather again. It'll look different. We'll have uh, single seats sort of four metres apart or one and a half metres apart in that four square metre rule. So we're, 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 it's a challenging season, but we want to get back together. So looking forward to that only a month away. So that's exciting. I want to come to the Word, but uh, before I do today, the, the message today is primarily targeted and directed toward us as believers and how we handle life. So if you're not a believer, I would encourage you, seriously consider the claims of Christ. See, He loved you so much, He died on a cross for you. The Bible says in John 3, 16, God so loved the world that Jesus came. That was a willing choice. It wasn't a demand. Jesus willingly came and gave His life a ransom for you. And God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. All you need to do is from the depth of your heart, ask God to forgive you from your past of living without Him. So living without God is sin. There's a whole gamut of things that are really bad or even just a level of goodness without God. It's still called sin. And God wants to forgive that and set you free to live and love Him. And so if you want to do that, it's just a prayer a simple prayer from your heart, asking Him to forgive you and receiving Jesus into your life as Lord and Saviour, and then journeying on a path to know Him more and more and walk according to His way. And it's not a hard prayer. It doesn't need to be long. 
It's just simple. Say, God, I need you. Please forgive me. I receive Jesus as Lord of my life. And, you know, he says he'll do that. He will forgive you. It says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What an amazing God. See, the Bible tells me God is gracious. He's loving. He's merciful. He's kind. He's patient. He's just, and some people don't like justice and they, they try and accuse God of being cruel, but justice is not cruel. Justice is justice. And so God wants you free, but He leaves that in your court to choose. So I'd encourage you, choose Jesus today. So uh, then we'll come to the Word and we'll look at the message now that we have for the church family or for Christians in particular. And I want to start with a, a challenging verse for us as believers. And it starts in Isaiah 59 and it goes from verses 12 to 17. For our transgressions are multiplied before you. Our sins testify against us. Our transgressions are with us. And as for our iniquities, we know them. You know, there's a starting point where we, we need to come to the place where we say, God, I need you. I, I'm, I'm, I've got a problem. I'm, I need help. I need forgiveness. And so Isaiah continues, in transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. See, that's where the world is now. It's, it's rejecting. It, it lies about the Lord. It, it departs from God. Our world in many ways is departing. But you know, there's, a, there's the opposite of that. There are many people coming to Him. But the world is, is the Bible says it lies, he, the world lies in the lap of the wicked one. And so we want to be different. We want to live in the heartbeat of God. And it goes on, when the world lives outside of God, it says justice is turned back. Verse 14, and righteousness stands afar off. For truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. So truth fails and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. In other words, if you want to do good, you become a target of attack. If you want to speak the truth, people will attack you. Then the Lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no justice. See, God is a God of truth and honesty and justice and love and mercy. He saw there was no man and wondered why there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him and his own righteousness, it sustained him. For he put on the righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with the zeal, with zeal as a cloak. You know, there will come a day of judgment, but that's not here yet. God is a God of justice and there is a penalty to pay. But everything God wants is for righteousness and salvation. That it's... It's a challenging passage for us to grab a hold of. So I'd ask you to be patient with me and be understanding with me today and in expectation that I probably won't get all this right. I apologise beforehand if I offend anybody. It's not my intent. My heart is that, as you heard me say numerous times, the foundation of our faith is God's love and the God of love, His love in us, through us, to a hurting world. So there's no sense of condemnation. I love people all over the world. I am so gracious that God has put me in a, in a world that, that He loves and that I know I'm loved by Him. Now, I don't want to too deeply address the, the whole Black Lives Matter specifically at this time. 
other than to say that the two main phrases used of themselves in this tension actually in no way disagree with one another. Now listen, I'm talking about the phrases. The phrase that all lives matter does not negate the fact that black lives matter. And the comment black lives matter does not negate that all lives matter. See, it's how we interpret what these phrases mean that creates the tension and where the issues arise. It's when we hear it, what happens within us. It's not what happens outside. It's what happens within us when we hear these words. Because as simple phrases, I agree with both of them. I completely agree that all lives matter, but I completely agree that black lives matter. You know, I've met with and listened to some Indigenous leaders who've watched their parents and their whole mob slaughtered by the landowners. I've talked with others who've watched their parents lynched and I've heard their heart. I've worked with and loved them very much and I've found our Indigenous people, our brothers, to be the often more gracious than many of us. I've worked with them and as a church, we support Indigenous communities. We, we support a, a church in the Kimberleys specifically through uh, a, a passion and a mission of our church. We also support another organisation which works right through the country with Indigenous people from Port Hedland and, and Halls Creek and Wyndham and Kununurra and Buller in the West, in West Australia to Timber Creek in the Northern Territory and right across to Cape York and Cohen and, and down to Shepherd in the Victoria across the southwest corner uh, in, in the, the bottom end of WA. You know, and I've found Indigenous people to be generous and forgiving as in general, I found most people. I actually think most people want to get on. I think most people want a heart of peace and a heart of unity, but there will always be people at the extremes that want to create animosity. And the trouble with those extremes is, is they actually get their, they get their popularity or their strength out of pushing their extreme. You know, the trouble is in the extremes, no one is listening to the other person. No one is listening to the story that the other person has to say because they're so focused on expressing their own perspectives. I've had the privilege of listening, sitting down around a fire with Indigenous elders and, and listening to their heart. And their heart is for peace. Their heart is for unity. Their heart is for a country. Their heart is actually very welcoming. And I am so grateful for them. And if I was to say anything to us all, I would say that we all need to listen, to hear and to respect each other because this is the only way to true reconciliation. In marriage counselling, one, one of the greatest challenges I find with most couples is this area of communication and conflict resolution. The problem is most often that they misunderstand or misinterpret what the other person is saying or meaning. We fail to listen to understand and empathise. Some people just listen to argue. We need to listen to understand and empathise. You know, and I will never know completely how another person feels. Uh, but I can at least try. I can try to hear them out, to ask questions, to assist my comprehension, to try to imagine what it might be like to walk in their shoes, as it were. In all of this, we must always come back to the truth, not what we think is the truth. That means we need to search and to research so that all reconciliation 
is based in truth and not falsehood. A reconciliation between a man and a wife, between parents and children and children and parents, between people at school, between races, between ethnic groups. It all is based in truth. And as Christians, we have a God who is Jesus, who declared, I am the way, the truth and the life. We cannot be reconciled to one another properly until we're reconciled to God. And we cannot be reconciled to God until we face the truth that we are all sinners. Let me grab a drink. Romans 3.23 says this, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What a great starting place. There's no race or culture or class or sex mentioned, just that all have sinned. And Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, who can get that gift? Well, Romans 10.13 says this, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Listen, there's no mention, no discriminating issues. Whoever can receive this gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I think it might also be good to remember that Jesus was not a white man. And so when I think about this, a man of coloured skin who was also God, sent his message to people within and outside his own culture and skin colour. And Paul explains this principle in 2 Corinthians 5.18. All this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us, this is us Christians, listen, gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them as He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Our calling as Christians, regardless of our culture, wherever a person names the name of Jesus, regardless of our culture, race or gender, is one of bridging across those races, classes and cultures of building a reconciliation. And how as a whole, the Gospel should enable us to become a healing, transformative community in ways far beyond anything we could have imagined. We win people by goodness, not regulation or judgment. That does not mean we disagree or disregard the truth. As we read from the start, truth has fallen in the streets and equity cannot enter. You can't have equity without truth. Without truth, it'll never be. To have truth, we need to hear the whole story, the journey of life, the journey of every person. I mean, my story is there, your story is there. Let me give you a quick overview of my story. One of my forebears who came to Australia was found guilty of stealing one pound in England and was sentenced, one pound is two dollars, and was sentenced to death by hanging at the gallows when he was 14 years old. At that time, there was no equity for the poor in England, white against white, discriminating by social class, and the punishments were horrendous. The sentence of death was commuted to transportation. He was ripped away from his family, sent halfway around the world, never to see them again as a convict, 
to serve as a slave in this nation. We were sent here as punishment, many of us. Missionaries spoke up for the convicts and over time we overcame the circumstances. Well, that's what the Bible says Christians should do. We should, we should overcome and help others overcome. See, we can live as victims or, or those who triumph and set others free. And I refuse to let my past limit my future in that I believe I can help others and speak up the truth for all. Listen to Proverbs 31.8 out of the NET version. Open your mouth on behalf of those unable to speak for the legal rights of all the dying. In the CEV verses eight and nine says this, but you must defend those who are helpless and have no hope. Be fair and give justice to the poor and homeless. See, I have a hope that we can find a path to reconciliation that is equitable in our nation or at least in the church. When I read Revelation, I see it. I see it happen. I saw, I believe it's possible. See, I have hope in God. Listen to this in Revelation 5, verses 8 and 9. Now, when He had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lord, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Let's give a description. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll, to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us, listen, redeemed us to God, reconciled by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. I love that. Every tribe, every language, every people, every nation. That's what heaven is going to look like. We better Get used to it now. We better start working toward it now. All God's children, the full spectrum of their beautiful colours, black, brown, white, yellow, red, redheads and blondes, grey heads and whites, brown and every shade in between. Life is full of colour, every shade and every hue. Remember the old black and white TVs? Yeah, we've got colour now, so much better. But you know, see, we didn't lose black and white though. We got 8K. No, I don't have an 8K, but we got 8K TV. How about we try and do that with life as well? It'll be much better. How about we rejoice with one another and weep with one another and make the world an 8K clear, beautiful, colour-filled and colour-appreciated world? So how do we do that? We fulfil our ministry calling reconciling people to Jesus and to one another. See, that's why we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's why I had those three messages previously on the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to empower us, to enable us to fulfil our ministry of making disciples, reconciling humanity to God and to each other. Galatians 6 says this, Bear one another's burdens. It doesn't discriminate who, just says bear one another's burdens and so fulfil the law of Christ. Matthew 7 says it like this in the message, verse 12. Here's a simple rule of thumb, a guide for behaviour. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and prophets, and this is what you get. It's, it's that simple, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In 1 John 4, 7 11, Beloved, let us love one another. 
that, that, that doesn't, doesn't talk about anything to do with our, our status in life, our position, our nation, our, our language, our colour. It says nothing there. Our sexuality says nothing. Love one another for love is of God. And everyone who, lo- who loves is born of God and knows God. See, if you're contentious, I have to ask the question, where's God? He who does not love does not know God for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us. See, I I get right with God because of His love for me. That God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation, the mercy covering for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Listen, it's not that we love first, it's a God love first. Well, as Christians, we should love people first. We should be like our Father in heaven. We should love people first. We should be like Jesus where He cried on a cross, Father, forgive them. He's in the middle of torment and being crucified and He prays a prayer that shows love. Ought we not do the same if we call ourselves Christians? Galatians 3.28 pretty much wraps it up. It says this, there is neither Jew nor Greek. In other words, doesn't matter about your race. There's neither slave nor free. It doesn't matter about your place in life. There's neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ. See, it's not that the Bible does not see colour or race, but it celebrates and rejoices in the diversity of humanity brought together by loving God. Let me, let me com- conclude with one more passage. It comes out of Romans 12. And again, it's about love. Reading from verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another. So in, in all your dealings with each other, disagree maybe, but disagree kindly. Disagree nicely, be patient and understanding. You may not know their story. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honour, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, How do we respond with that one? Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Don't be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have a regard for the good things in the sight of all. If it's possible, as much as depends on you, Live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place for wrath. That was leave it to God. It is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. My, my, I don't want to, re- revenge is not mine. I, I want to restore. I've got a ministry of reconciliation. So can I give some simple closing advice today? Before we speak, could, could I recommend that we listen carefully and properly You know, it's a skill that many are weak in or have completely lost, including me. I have to challenge myself to listen because sometimes within me, my opinions want to jump up and give an answer. I don't know. 
I need to learn to listen more. See, we came to Christ because we heard the message of salvation. We heard that God loved us. We heard that God would forgive us regardless of our past. We heard that the one who we had offended, the one that we had rejected, had opened his heart and his door to us. We came to Christ because we heard that message. So let's hear one another as well. The heart cries, the pains, the joys and the sorrows, the hopes and the dreams of a better future, a better story in the days ahead than the past, a better story than we have right now. Let's listen. In many ways to listen properly actually demonstrates love. See, it's not my job to get even. Revenge is not justice and it's certainly not the truth. It's my calling to reconcile and to love without hypocrisy. This church family, Heritage, as Christians, this is our first calling, reconciling. Or in other words, connecting people of all colour and all races and all gender, connecting people to Jesus. And we can't do that without also connecting to one another. And as our church sign says out the front, our calling, our mission, reconciliation, connecting people to Jesus. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, right now, it's not that I want to take sides with people. I want to take sides with the truth. Help us to have ears that would hear Hear the stories that people have, to listen, listen patiently, listen to comprehend, not listen to argue, listen to understand so that we might be those who fulfil the law of Christ by loving one another. We might be those that, that demonstrate reconciliation. They would see people in church reconciled to one another and the world would want that because the Bible says they would see our love one to another and know we're Christian. Lord, I pray that we would be more and more like that each day. Give us courage, give us wisdom, give us patience, give us understanding. Holy Spirit, fill and overflow our lives that we might be kind to one another, that we might be gracious to each other, that we might demonstrate the love of God in our words and our deeds and that we might reconcile people to You and we might connect people to Jesus. We ask this in Your mighty Name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Good morning, church. If you're watching in the morning, uh, if you're watching later in the day, good evening or whatever. So good to have you with us. And remember, let's connect people to Jesus. God bless you all.